Welcome to the latest Progress with Unity podcast. To this evening, or this afternoon, if you're listening to it on a Thursday afternoon, or even this morning, if you're listening to it on a Friday morning, we'll be looking back at the Lincoln City game with all the reaction and looking forward to Burton Albion back at the DW on Saturday. Straight into it, I'd say. There's four of us this evening. Barry, Sai, Adam and Paul. Let's crack on. Wigan Athletic 1, the Tuesday curse, Lincoln City 2. Tuesday curse indeed. I don't think it was as bad as last Tuesday. I'll say that straight away. But again, it was there was, there was just an element of balls being given away, wasn't there? Second to things in the midfield. I, I won't say off the pace, but all the bounces. And, you know, you, know, you make an interception, you sometimes you get something off the back of it. Well, there was a lot just not happening. I thought their first goal was offside. I might be in a minority of one there. No, he's clearly on sad, Paul. He'd just run past our defenders, stuck his leg out. Big, long legs he had. Even uh, Amos had knelt down to to scoop the ball up. Paul says, giving a lot of balls away. I thought that's exactly what we did. We were passed to the yellow shirts of Lincoln more often than we passed to the blue shirts of Wigan. I'd agree. And I just want to jump in on something else. Paul said, I don't think it was worse um, than, than the previous Tuesday. It's definitely up there. Up there for me, um, like yeah, second balls. Just, there was just something missing, a bit of spark, a, a bit of energy. Is it the the fact that how many games we've got going on? A lot of calls on social media as well from fans saying, "Let's sack off these international breaks and just get uh, get playing." Do you reckon it's having a, an impact on on us? Well, something I was going to come to straight away though was. Uh... A couple of weeks ago, well, maybe more than that, a month or two ago, Adam said, we should not be postponing these games. We should be playing them. And when you look back to the Lincoln game, we had Tello Asgard, we had Jordan Jones and James McLean away on international duty. So that that meant, realistically, we had one position to fill, which was James McLean's. And we'd have been playing with a, a fully fit squad with Cousins and Naylor in midfield. Could have brought Guion Evans Edwards in. And uh, once again, Adam, you proved right. It's a tough one at the time, isn't it? Because the other way of looking at it is you say, well, that's three forward players. So it, it, it will, you know, obviously you don't have as many options, uh, you know, off the bench and stuff like that. But I, I think, you know, end of the day, we've ended up probably playing a week aside on the Tuesday night than we would have been able to put together on the Saturday. To be honest, I'm not really buying this. We, we might look a bit leggy, but we shouldn't be really because, it, you know, Lincoln started a game on, on Saturday, you know, so I just think it could just be an anomaly uh, like we had at the start of the season where we kept, we kept having those first halves that didn't have any goals in them and we were level it could just be an anomaly that, you know, we're just putting in bad performances, which you get from new sides that you put together. You're not going to get a good performance every week because there'll be certain challenges within a game that they've not had to meet before. And they're not, to, they're not together in that way yet. It might just be though, that those situations just keep happening by fluke at home because we're not really setting up any differently, are we? In my view, uh, maybe we're a touch deeper away and we, 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 we maybe break a bit more, but I'm not having that Wim- Wimbledon and Gillingham were bombarding us and attacking us and we were purely on the break. You know, you could say that for parts of those games, we actually controlled them. So 
I can't really explain it, to be honest. It, it might just be one of those things that's difficult to explain. Paul's mentioned though, the, the first goal. He thought it was Osar. thought it was good movement from, from uh, Big Dan, who has been... Yeah, that was his first goal. I mean, that's Wigan Athletic. Every season, isn't it? Somebody's struggling to score a goal and, and you know, they put one in. But within minutes, we, we had that goal disallowed. And when I witnessed it, I thought, he's flicked it in with his head. He's, and I watched the replays uh, today, this morning, and I couldn't see the handball until the fourth time I had a look, and now I can't not see it. At the time, neither the referee nor the uh, lino had spotted that until the Lincoln City player ran to the lino and pointed to the big screen as we were replaying the goal. Controversial incidents should not be replayed. The bloke behind me said straight away, he said, he's unballed that. And then when it was given, he said, oh, we've got away with one there because he's definitely unballed it. So, I mean, when you've got one of your own supporters sat behind you telling you that it's an handball, you know, pretty pretty sure that it was an handball, even if the officials have missed it. He must eat a lot of carrots, Paul, from where you were oh. you sit. Well, obviously, no. they've got a good vantage point because Paul also spotted the offside, didn't he, for the first goal? <laughs> <laughs> At least there was level with the offside. I mean, there's obviously the uh, the handball's up the other end, but yeah, he, he, he looked offside to me, whether that was because he was the only one that moved, potentially. Like I said, the guy behind me spotted the handball and we thought so, we got away with it, didn't we? How do we think about that goal being disallowed? Is it controversial to d- disallow that goal after watching again on the big screen? Technology shouldn't be used. The technology, that's the point. If I'm not sure with the fourth official at times. If the fourth official spots, sometimes the fourth official can spot like an incident in terms of a a red card incident. The the fourth official wouldn't have been able to spot that with the naked eye, would he, in any better way than the... So it can't have been with the naked eye. So therefore, it's my, my view on that is it's a real breach because... You know there is no there is no VAR in uh, in League One football, and then the goal was disallowed. So for me, not say hundred percent, but ninety eight percent, they've seen it on that big screen. Anyway, it doesn't matter because they chalked it off, and then they went two nil up. Poor defending. That's all you can say for that one. Poor communication. Yeah. Poor marking. It's, I know this has been. A bit of a bone contention on social media, but this, this come into the whole debate around team selection as well. Uh, you know, players playing out of position and and things like that. Do you reckon? I'll put, I'll put this one back to you, Barry, because you asked the questions. I'll put it back to you. Do you reckon the team selection can could have been slightly different to maybe accommodate players in different positions? Because again, the, it was changed, wasn't it? Late on, and we saw that rally again. For me, I don't like a. a a right-footed player playing at left-back because he gets to the line and he always has to cut back. There'll be reasons why he's in there, but I prefer it to be a, a left-footer. I mean, Tom Pierce has played, played last night and he came on. Did he look like he was up to speed? No, no he, looks, he looks weak. He looks very weak to me at the moment. looks fragile. He doesn't look like... He's not bombing on, drawing those fouls like he was last year. I, I think it's time. I, I actually I th- yeah, I know, but it, it is what it is. I think it's time to bring Robinson back. Personally, I think you know he's had enough time out of it. He was he, he was more than good enough last season. I think it's time for, time for him to come back into the fold. There, there was one in particular uh, incident where Dereko was played in down the down the left hand side, 
and and he had to run all the way around it before he could attempt to put a cross in. By which time he, you know, the the brakes finished and somebody's got back and stopped him. And you know, if you've got a left footer there, he just swings it and sticks it straight across into the middle. Nice to see Gavin Mass again on the score sheet. Nice that we continued that run of scoring in every single league game as well. So bear up with that. Green and Evans at the at the woodwork and James McLean at the woodwork as well. Uh, they weren't smacking against the woodwork, were they? They were skimming, skimming the woodwork. And Will Keane as well, didn't he? Will Keane hit the woodwork. And Will Keane hit the woodwork as well, yeah. See, we should play on Wednesdays instead of Tuesday. Possibly, yeah. It could be yeah. straight. Like it, that. it would save having to see you on a Wednesday, so I, I'm all up for that. Let's uh, let's go for the Wednesdays. Let's put a petition into the AFL. Why don't we? Why don't we try the next game on a Wednesday? Who do we play next? Shrewsbury in the. EFL trophy. Shall we play that on a Wednesday? Yes. Let's make an executive de- decision now. We'll play we'll our next midweek home game on a Wednesday. Right. Yeah. We'll see if they take notice of us. Starts from the game, 61% possession. We had 20 shots to the 13. That seems quite a lot. I don't remember 20, but I don't count them all. Uh, we committed 11 fouls to the 9 and... Three bookings ended up on us with significantly Callum Lang picking up a fifth of the season. I know why he got booked because he reacted. Why didn't he just throw himself to the floor? Is it a bit of naivety? Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Still on straight, yeah. He was very frustrated, but he reacted, didn't he, with a with a two two handed thrust into 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 his chest. Did their number ten pick up a booking? Maguire, yes, he did. Yeah, he was a little um, yeah. outhouse, wasn't he? It was the same for Sheffield Wednesday when we played them as when he used to be there very much. Uh, I think he's one of Kev Carpenter's favourite all-time players. <laughs> it's it's just it's just disappointing because obviously we don't fully know the extent of White's situation, do we? Um, you know, there's, there's rumours that he's going to be in at the weekend, and obviously we'll come back to that. But it. <laughs> It's been coming. You've you've been waiting for it, haven't you, Barry? Really, that uh, the suspension and is it come at a crucial time, or is it good to get it out of the way now and head into the busy festive period? It's not out of the way, though, is it? Really, the pro- the problem with it is that you you get another five, and it's a two match ban. So I, I think chalking him up because he's going to end up like Sam Morsey where he had to go 13 consecutive games without booking to avoid getting a free match ban in our running that season. Did it though, Adam? He did it. He did right, it. Yeah. Just you mentioned there, Charlie White, and that's what I was going to come to before we finish with that game. We know the Sunderland fans take the mickey out of him. We know the way out of order. And I think watching the team perform last night, we can see just how important Charlie White is to our side. I've got some views on that for later for the uh, when you come on to team selections. If he's not available, I've got some ideas of what we might do. I must admit, early doors, I wasn't impressed, but I've definitely changed my opinion very quickly. The work rate and everything that he puts in is, is second to none. And to I've got close far as yeah. You, are? you are renowned for writing a player off after one game. That's Jamie Jones. You know what, though? <laughs> Do you know what, though? They always prove me wrong. They always prove me wrong. But, uh, yeah, I, I, hands down, say he's my favourite player at the Latics at the minute, Charlie White. Wins every header. Wins that's all what we the missed headers. last night. That's what we missed. Mm. That's what well, we that's missed. what I said. How big a miss is yeah. it? And you think of... Cousins, and that's what I mean. 
that's the part of the spine of the team, isn't it? Cousins and White. And then obviously if Neil is going to be out as well, poof, it's going to be a massive, massive miss that. Yeah. We move on. We move on. The stewarding last night is coming for a lot of <laughs> criticism. I, nobody asked to see my season ticket, but I understand it was going on in ES2 and ES3. It wasn't like there were 20,000 on, was it? There was there was 8,000 on. They were, they were making people move seats and go into different areas of the ground. Doing stuff like that affects the atmosphere. Now, something I thought about, why do we play like we do away and, and, and like we do at home? When I was sat in the East End last night, there was hardly any noise. The drummer was doing his best, bump, bump, bump. We had a little bit of hoo-ha on one corner. And, and it was like, it was flat. When we're away, it's, it's bouncing and it's everybody's banging on, on the metal stuff around them and everybody's drunk. An, and it, it, is, it, that one, is that one contributing factor? Well, I think it might be because... has to be. It's, it's so flat in that stadium. It's so flat. And if the stewards... I mean, these kids, they're the ones in own games who's going to do the singing, aren't they? And we, we should be encouraging them to sit together. Not not pushing them apart. Yeah, I think it comes out of the investigation into what happened at Bolton. Because I would imagine you've got, at Bolton, you've got kids there that are in seats that are not allocated to them. And I think it's probably one of their findings is that a way to mitigate the problems they had was put people in the right seats. And we've perhaps gone in a little bit heavy-handed with it. Where I am in the West, the, the stewards are all familiar faces so whether it is just a new I think there was a bit of a recruitment drive wasn't there and they're just they're just playing the, to the letter of the law what they've been told to do um, there was a maybe, massive there was a massive number of stewards at full time and that absolutely isn't called for is it Lincoln City who, who's going to do anything for that nobody's going to care anyway we need to th- I think that's something we need to have a, have a look at as a club I know we can get people sat together and create better atmospheres because obviously the players respond to better atmospheres and it's very flat at the moment during home games. Last night, I had the pleasure of meeting Will and his new wife, Paige. Lovely girl, lovely <laughs> lad. Uh, I took them both a Wigan kebab and he uh, presented me with some peanut brittle. So, hands across the water. So, lovely to meet, lovely to meet them both again last night. The Progress with Unity listeners, man of the match winner for the game against Lincoln City uh, was Max Power. Max had a good game, played at right back, played in midfield, showed up for the ball. Well done, Max. Saturday, we've got the Brewers in town, Burton Albion, a chance to get our own form back on track. That calls time for Ref Watch. Ref on Saturday will be Hastings official Carl Brook, who will take charge of the game. He will be taking charge of both clubs for the first time this season. But he did have one Latix game in his first season last year. Uh, 2-1, last gasp away win at Bristol, uh, Rovers in February. And he also refereed Burton twice last season as well. Both of those were at the Pirelli. Um, a, a 3-1 defeat to Doncaster in December and a 2-1 win over Peterborough in March. This season, Carl Brook has taken charge of 10 games. He's issued 43 yellow cards three red cards, and he's given one penalty. And that's Calbrook, who will be your referee on Saturday. We've played Burton uh, seven times, uh, winning two. 
losing two and making three draws. The first meeting came in August 2014, uh, a 2-1 defeat in the EFL Cup when I think they were still a fourth-tier side and we were in the Championship, seems to recall it was Rossler. Last season was a 4-3 uh, dramatic uh, last gas winner uh, away from home. I think that, I'm right in saying that that was a Kyle Joseph hat-trick. Well, keen last-minute winner, yeah. And it was a 1-1 draw at home quite near the end of the season. So we, we, we didn't play them until uh, relatively uh, recently. Uh, but we had that good little battle in the Coldwell season uh, that we eventually came out on top. So uh, that's the previous against Burton. Managed to catch up with Burton supporter and former TV and radio football pundit, commentator, football show host, all-round good egg. What a character, Dave Child. So let's have a little listen to what Dave reckons about Burton coming up to play the Latics and his prediction for the game. Hi, I'm Dave Child. I'm a long-standing Burton Albion fan for my sins of uh, over 50 years, but I've stopped counting now. Well, my hopes for, for this season were obviously to be uh, better than last season. Having said that, um, uh, it's almost the turn of the year. We must thank Wigan, actually, for getting uh, our last manager sacked, Jake Buxton, who went on the back of Wigan's 4-3 victory at the Pro, which we'll move swiftly on from. But we finished pretty well up the table, um, so we almost forgot the problems that we got. We termed it as the great escape. So, you know, if we can finish at the top half of the table this year, it'll be seen as a success. But I've got a feeling that our aspirations are, let's flirt with the playoffs. So that's the line I'm going to use. Let's see us flirting with the playoffs. We've got so many good players in the squad, but uh, two of the players that definitely are uh, getting a mention, Tom O'Connor and Lucas Aikens. If we look at Lucas Aikens first, every Burton fan knows him. And to be perfectly honest, most of the opposition fans know him as well. Lucas has been around for what seems like ages now. At the weekend, he made his 300th appearance for the Brewers. So he's already a Brewers legend, but uh, he was with Burton when we first got into the Football League in League Two. We came up to League One. He's played in the Championship. And every time we've gone up, he's still produced. So uh, Lucas, well, he sort of dances around the, the ball, as you'll probably see. Uh, when we play Wigan, most fans have seen him before. He's a very talented lad, and uh, he always plays with a smile on his face, and uh, he always gives 100% for Burton Albion. As for Tom O'Connor, he's new to the fold. Uh, what a wonder the left foot. And I'm sure that uh, Wigan will have done their homework on uh, his corner routines. Uh, he scored two direct from corners uh, in the last three games. So he's a real threat with that left foot. And, uh, yeah, he puts in a decent corner, so I can bet your life that you'll have had a good look at that one on the videos. Well, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank is probably the right man for the job, but we never really expected him back. After he'd left Burton, he went off to Queen's Park Rangers, didn't have the best time there. Uh, definitely not a good time when he got the job at Northampton. Uh, but sometimes you can be a good fit with a club. And uh, Jimmy coming back to Burton was a good fit. It was also a big risk. Uh, there we are, rooted to the foot of the table. He could have had relegation on his CV, but he got stuck in. And let's not forget Dino Mamria, absolute lovely bloke. Uh, those two have dovetailed together very well. Um, 
you know, it's almost as good as promotion, uh, winning a, a relegation battle. That's exactly what they did. They won the relegation battle. Now they've had a chance to put their own stamp on the team, and hopefully we're going to be challenging at the other end of the table. Very pleased with Jimmy, very pleased with Dino. Well, our former general is a bit hit and miss. We're very Jekyll and Hyde. So, yeah, we've won twice on the road, which isn't bad. Fleetwood was the last place we won at. Uh, last Tuesday night with uh, a goal straight from the corner. Thank you, Tom O'Connor. And we were better than a 1-0, to be perfectly honest. But, uh, yeah, we can turn it on against the uh, the better teams, I have to say. We beat Sunderland, we beat Ipswich, we beat Portsmouth. OK, they were home games. But uh, when we're playing one of the bigger teams, uh, and we're going to certainly fit into that category, we seem to lift ourselves. And after we've been wounded, which we were against Oxford at the weekend, I think the boys will be able to prove a point. So, uh, could this be another away win? Especially with the, dare I say it, the dodgy home form of Wigan. You don't score often. Well, it's a tricky one, uh, picking predictions again. And uh, I always want to say Burton are going to win. So, I'll say Burton are going to win. But it would probably only be by the odd goal. So, we'll have to wait and see on this one. I can see a 1-0. We do like a good 1-0. Uh, the fact that Wigan... I haven't scored that many goals at home. I think you've scored something like nine. Burton don't actually score too many away. We've scored four. So it's probably got nil-nil written all over it, this one. But because I have to say Burton are going to win, because I'm a Burton fan, nil-nil really, but one-nil Burton is my prediction. Oh, Adam, what do you make of that? Yeah, he's a certainly, a, certainly an interesting character, isn't he? You can tell he's been in broadcasting. Uh, very, very engaging. Um, you know, nice bit of detail. He talked about that big change last season, obviously after when we when we played them. And yeah, I, you know, uh, he's obviously very enthusiastic about the Brewers. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, he's been, he's had a very uh, very lustrous career. Looking at that as well, he's they're a bit inconsistent at the minute. Uh, they've won two, drawn one, and lost two. Last time out, they got beat against um, Oxford three-one at home, which is you know it's quite quite a defeat against uh, against Oxford. But the the bookies see us as favourites. We're evens. Get five to two on the draw and three to one on a Burton win, and it must all be down to the fact that we're playing them on a Saturday. So uh, that's where you you put your money. You're not going to get good returns really on the Latics winning at home on a Saturday. Right, let's get some predictions and uh, team. We'll talk, start with Paul. Team selection and predictions, Paul. Right, well, I think you'll get Charlie White coming back in because I think he's, he's knocked just a little knock and he's going to be all right. Um, I think you'll get Gavin Massey will start in place of Callum Lang. I think you'll get Bailey some power in midfield. Dorica will go back to right back and Pierce will come in at left back. If White doesn't start, I think you'll see Stevie Humphreys up front again. And I'll go 2 0 Latics. It's a Saturday, isn't it? So 2 0 Latics. Adam? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably what he what he will do, what Paul said. Uh, I'm still a bit, I'm a bit worried about that midfield. I, I, I think we might need a, another player in there. Um, is it too soon for Scott Smith? Um, is there an option potentially what, and, and Richardson's done this before, of bringing Curtis Tilton? And I maybe moving 
what more into the midfield and playing the Naylor role because he's built in a similar way. And he did it last year with George Johnston, so he's not frightened of putting centre-backs. And I think he has played in midfield for Portsmouth. That would solidify it a bit. And if that was the case and White wasn't fit, I'd then just put Will Keane up front uh, and play Massey, Massey uh, right and um, McLean on the left. And as I said, I'd, I'd like to see Robinson back in. I think... You know, he's had a good rest. Let's see if he comes back now more confident. And um, Derrick were at right back, tilt and uh, what at centre-back. That, that would be what I'd do, but I doubt that he'll do that. Score prediction. Um, I'm actually going to go for quite an entertaining 2-2 draw. Simon? I'll keep it short and sweet because for once in my life, I agree with Paul's team selection. Um, and I'm going to go for a 2-1 Home win, top of the prediction league as well. I think it's going to be a tight game. I'm going to go with a one apiece. First team selection does. Not a clue. At the end of what's been a, a really good week, we've had a fantastic away victory at AFC Wimbledon, followed it up with another Manic Tuesday, and we're looking forward to a special Saturday. As always, I'm buzzing. I am. I'm absolutely buzzing for it. Can we be critical of the team? Of course we can. Of course we can. Pick on the performances and keep encouraging. But one thing we need to do is get behind them lads on Saturday. And with that in mind, it's come on the Latics. Up the ticks. Up the ticks.